0: Hey, everybody, it's Jimmy Smith. On today's Unlocking the Cage, we discuss the best matchup for Justin Gaethje should be Dustin Poirier or Charles Oliveira. Also, dropping the con in MMA. Kobe Covington did it. Conor McGregor did it. How are they different? Justin Gaethje, and will he get the winner of uh, Poirier, versus Oliveira. This is what he had to say about it. Yeah. As long as everybody's healthy and everything's good, it it, sh- it should be him. All right. Coming off one of the one of the greatest fights anybody's ever seen in their life. Yeah. Yeah, great fight. Justin Gates you Michael Chandler. I had my issues with that fight. Everybody knows that. Was it entertaining? Yes. Was it the most skilled fight in the world? No. Michael Chandler just walked into a lot of punches. Um so yeah, but 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 obviously great performance by Justin Gaethje. He looked intelligent. His, his fight IQ was high and getting higher. Uh, still hits like he stole something from him. Still versatile. Still a great wrestler. Still extremely experienced. Still a great chin. Da, da 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 da. I could keep going, but I won't. So he will get apparently the winner of Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. This is one of those things. And I will want your take on it. 877-FIGHT-93, 877 um, 4893 When it comes to Justin Gaethje versus Charles Oliver, I'm sorry, uh, Charles Oliveira versus Justin Poirier, who is the better matchup for Justin Gaethje? Now that we know Justin Gaethje is next, um, who would he rather fight? Let me break this thing down one step at a time here. And here's what it is, really. He has already lost to Dustin Poirier. Now, to a lot of people, that's a bad thing. In Justin Gaethje's case, it might be a good thing. Is it the devil that you know? Even though that devil, Dustin Poirier, beat him, knocked him out, at least I've been there. At least I fought that guy. I really believe Charles Oliveira isn't just the lightweight champion. He isn't just, in my opinion, and this is my opinion, please disagree all you want, I think he's the most skilled fighter at 155 pounds. In a division full of killers, this guy can just do things other guys don't do. I've never seen anyone own own Tony Ferguson on the ground the way Charles Oliveira did his transitions were mwah, beautiful slick, gorgeous smooth I as a jujitsu dork having been in it for 20 years I, I was like dude my hat's off to this guy and Tony Ferguson you could argue quite arguably uh, that he's lost a step he isn't the guy he was and all this. you can do that but I gotta tell you To walk over his guard like it isn't there, to slice through it like a hot knife through butter, that takes skills with a Z. And Charles Oliveira has him. Against Michael Chandler. And let's keep in mind here, now apples to apples is very, very different. Justin Gaethje gave us a fight of the year candidate with Michael Chandler. Did he not? Yes, of course he did, Jimmy. Did he finish him? No, he didn't. Oliveira did. So, the idea that anyone, and I do mean anyone at 155 pounds, is going to go in there and just cleanly and easily out kickbox. uh, Charles Oliveira, hey man, you haven't been watching his fights. That dude can bang. Very skilled, very tight, very technical. I'm impressed with everything he does. Everything he does. All right? So there's that. We also have, in, in, in many ways, that X factor of, well, you know, he's been pushed before against Paul Felder. He kind of folded. Uh, he's lost to guys who, in the grand scheme of things, he had no right to lose to. Ricardo Lamas, guillotine choke. Anthony Pettis, guillotine choke. Max Holloway, TKO. Cub Swanson knocked him out. Donald Cerrone knocked him out. Jim Miller submitted him. Now, none of those guys are bad, but remember, all of them finished him. He doesn't just lose. He tends to lose in dramatic fashion. Only Frankie Edgar, of his losses, uh, beat him by decision. Everybody else finished him. It seems like when things went wrong for Charles Oliveira, they went horribly, ridiculously wrong. It's like he went off a cliff all of a sudden and could never, like, get it back. Certainly true, certainly possible, but when I look at the Michael Chandler fight, he was hurt by Mike in round one. And Mike can sling those rocks, man. He really can knock you out. And that didn't happen. Just didn't. And so his ability to come back and deal with adversity and deal with... um. You know, to, to to deal with any kind of difficulty. Getting rocked and coming back. Always been a problem. Well, guess what? He seems to have gotten better at that. Seems to have learned his lesson a bit. So that idea of as soon as he's pushed, he's going to fold, I don't know anymore. I really don't. I'm really not sure anymore if that's valid. We're probably not going to know for a while, by the way. If that's right, he's got to get hurt again. He's probably going to get hurt pretty bad. We'll have to see. But that go-to that has always dogged him might not be there. When you look at his skill set, his pure skill set, few people can wrestle, can box, can can submit the way Charles Oliver does. His skill set, what he can do in the octagon, is impressive. Dustin Poirier, In a in a a positive and negative way, is pretty meat and potatoes. Don't mean that as an insult, by the way. What I mean is, I don't look at Dustin Poirier much the same way I looked at you know, let's say, uh, for example, a Michael Bisping. Okay, you know, when you look at Dustin Poirier, he's the guy you show tapes in your gym. You show footage of his fights, and you go, "That's how far you can get with hard work." all the way, not that fast, not that big, not a giant for the weight class or anything. He isn't. He doesn't have crazy speed. He's not a freak athlete, anything like that. Dude just works really hard. And I was talking to one of his, his training partners a couple days ago, and he said the thing about, about Dustin Poirier is that he can throw knockout punches for 25 minutes with both hands. The guy can just rock you over and over and over again and keep the pressure on for infinity. He can do that. And that's what everyone who fights him has to deal with. His ability to just rock guys forever and ever and never get tired and never stop coming forward. It's simple. It's not You're not going to learn like spectacular techniques that you've never seen before watching Justin Poirier. You just learn what hard work can do. To me, that's impressive. Two wins over Conor McGregor, back-to-back. Poirier looked solid. He looked, you know, uh, his gas looked good. His leg kicks looked exceptional. The, The power in his hands looked good. He looked a little hittable, especially in the first fight. But you can argue with some sincerity that Conor McGregor has lost a step. The first time they fought, Conor lit him up. The last two, um, Connor looked good in round one in the second fight and then completely fell apart in the second. Poirier, good leg kicks, good aggression, good everything. Third one, owned him from start to finish. His only loss since losing to Michael Johnson in 2016 has been Khabib, the best of the best. Defeated Anthony Pettis, Jim Miller, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway, Dan Hooker, Conor McGregor twice. That's a hell of a list. All right, so I've laid out the skills of both guys. Decent wrestler. And what I mean by decent is he's not an All-American. He was never a national champion. He was going to make the Olympic trials. But solid for, for MMA. Once again, solid submission game. An opportunistic submission game. Good guillotines. Good rear naked choke. Will catch you if you mess up. Leave your neck hanging out. He doesn't have the slick transition of Charles Oliveira. Does not want to go to the ground with Charles Oliveira. And no, I don't think he will. Um his striking is is basic and fundamentally sound, and he hits very, very hard. So and I want your opinion to help me kind of kind of flush this out. All right. 877-Fight93. 877-344-4893. Who's a better matchup for Justin Gaethje? If and we gotta remember, he's gonna face the winner. So we'll learn more things. Uh, about both fighters when they meet for the title. So we'll kind of get a lot of these questions answered when they face one another. Let's keep that in mind. But the real thing that you can't get around is uh, the winner of that fight is damn good. If Dustin Poirier beats Charles Oliveira, it'll probably be the best Dustin Poirier we've ever seen. If Charles Oliveira defeats Dustin Poirier, it'll probably be the best Charles Oliveira we've ever seen. So I, 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 we're really going to know after the fight. But right now, sitting here on December 2nd, before either guy has fought, here's what I will say. He knows essentially what Dustin Poirier is going to do. When I look at tape of Dustin Poirier since fighting Justin Gaethje, which is, of course, you know, the Dan Hooker fight, um, Both Conor McGregor fights Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez Those are all the ones he's fought since Justin Gaethje I don't see a radically different Dustin Poirier I see a guy who has improved He's gotten better at the things he's done But I don't see a radically different guy Charles Oliveira seems, seems to make These big leaps and jumps And his last few fights He's looked absolutely tremendous Both on the feet and on the ground I don't like that X-Factor if I am Justin Gaethje's coach, if I'm Trevor Whitman, one thing we say about Dustin Poirier is, yeah, he's gotten better. He's very, very good, but he hasn't he hasn't departed that far away from the things we already knew him for. We already know how he hits. We already know about his takedown. We already know about his ground and pound. We already know about a submission game. Has he improved a little bit? Yeah. Has he improved a lot? Sure. Depends on what you're seeing. But the style remains the same. A cheetah that that gets faster still runs like a cheetah. Charles Oliveira has morphed in a way where when I look at Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira, I don't know. Sitting here with all the experience I've had, I don't know what guy we're going to see. I really don't. No, I have no clue, and that to me is a compliment, and it's one of the biggest compliments I can I can give to somebody. Is I don't know exactly what we're going to see, despite all the times you have fought and all the high level opponents you have had. I don't know what we're going to see the next time I see you. Because last time out against uh, Charles Oliveira. I'm sorry, uh, Charles Oliveira last time out against Michael Chandler, he had to take on an explosive striker that we eh, really didn't know what he was going to get. We weren't quite sure what we were going to see from uh, Michael Chandler, and neither was Charles Oliveira. And we saw great striking culminating in a knockout. I wouldn't have picked that at all. Before that, when he sliced up Tony Ferguson on the ground, all right, I, I-, I would have said he's better on the ground. I would have said he has superior jiu-jitsu. Jeez, I didn't know it was that much better. That was craziness. He went right through him. So if I'm Trevor Whitman, i got to get one of these guys, i got to get my guy, Justin Gaethje, ready for one of these guys. Right now, I'm taking Dustin Poirier. I'm taking the devil who beat me, but I know it. I'm taking the guy I've already stepped in there with over the guy that I haven't stepped in there with and... Every time he fights somebody else, it's almost like he, he, he's a chameleon and changes and becomes better. And I uh, I don't want to fight that guy. The devil you know. And Poirier's been through some wars. Maybe I can catch him a little bit beat up. Maybe I can catch him a little bit on the downside having won the title. All right, so that'd be Conor McGregor twice, and then hypothetically a win over Charles Oliveira. Maybe I catch him having been through some tough rounds. Certainly possible. It seems like even though Charles Oliveira has has, has been through some tough fights and all these things, he seems to be fighting his best right now. unlocking the cage always here with you with the mma news so uh one of your favorite moments kobe and one of the ones we talked about a lot is conor mcgregor and khabib the it's it was just business moment the let's talk it's just business moment so let's let's digress for a second why do you love that moment so much kobe because like you smile every literally every time you talk about it
1: because i never saw I, I can't remember a time where i saw someone the way I say it, drop the con like that before. Like, yeah. are, I'm the best, the most, the you know, baddest person ever, blah, blah, blah. All the things he said to Habib. And in that moment, he found out who the real tough guy was. And that, that was what, what always stands out is that it felt like Connor acknowledged like, dude, you are way crazier than me, way better than me. Like, dude, it was just business. It was just business, man. I, I always said, it's like it's the like end the of Taken, a... right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> the villain pleading with the actual hero who's like the real tough guy to please don't kill me that's what that spoke to the as like that's mid that was... fight people
0: yeah. mid fight we see people break the con at the, at the press conference or whatever post fight and hug it out nate diaz conor mcgregor is a great example kind of letting us behind the curtain a little bit never in the middle of a fight where which was still you know you could argue winnable for conor at that point and he just went oh yeah it's just business man calm down calm down buddy it's just business now we happen to have a big Conor fan here, in in Guns. Of course, he's a big Proper Twelve drinking Conor maniac. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that that moment of him just going, "It's just business." What did you think at that moment, Guns, as a fan?
1: It was Conor knowing. That he possibly could have had the upper hand, and he was like, yo, it's just business, man. That's the way I saw it. Almost like a mafia guy taking out somebody else, being like, yo, dude, it's just business. Sorry. Boom. Let's go. That's when he was I
0: underneath did. getting beaten up.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so he's underneath getting beaten up, but he's still a badass to you.
1: <laughs> no, Isn't I mean. Connor
0: fans just suck. That's why they're the he, absolute worst Maybe
1: it's, you know, it's just, uh, you know, maybe it's. He was
0: getting an, beaten up. You, you are looking for rationalization, an And you can't find it. It was an unfortunate thing.
1: It was unfortunate thing that he said. He did hang longer than anybody else, though, in the cage. So let's are not you forget done? that.
0: Are you done? <laughs> are you done? Good. Glad to have you, Guns. Now shut up. Put your microphone down because he just got handled. So there was a similar thing, I guess, post-fight. That is the difference. It was post-fight. Kamaru Usman, Colby Covington got together after their fight at UFC 2C. A great fight, by the way. Very close fight. Went the way of Kamaru Usman. But uh, they got face-to-face, and there was a little exchange that was civil. Both guys were smiling. It seemed as though they buried the hatchet. We really didn't know at the time what was said. But now we have the audio of it, and it seems as though the con, to borrow... um, KOB's term, got dropped a little bit. Uh, You have it for us, KOB? Yes, I do, sir. All right, let's hear it. You 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 know know I'm just trying to sell it for you. you I Uh, I like that. Good job, gentlemen. Good job. Much respect. Much respect. All right, go kiss later. Go back to the corner. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah Alright, for those who didn't catch that, he said, You know it's all love, I'm just trying to sell it for you. Just trying to hype the fight is what you know is is the gist of what he was saying. I'm just trying to sell it for you. It's all love. That's what Colby Covington said. Kamar Usman says, I know, I know, I know. So the exact quote is, you know, I'm just trying to sell it for you. What says Usman? You know I'm trying to sell you know I'm just trying to sell it for you. That's what Colby Covington repeated. I know, I know, says Usman. It's all love, Covington continued. As the conversation played out, I'm looking at for the quotes itself, Covington saying, I've always had love for you. I'm just trying to make you money. Which okay. I get that. And then at the press conference, he called him a cheater and said, I have no respect for him. The con was, like, back on. Almost immediately, the con was back on. And for Kobe, who still has money to make against fighters like, you know, uh, you know, for example, Jorge Masvidal, which would be a great one, he can't drop the con completely because he's still, has, you know, it's not done with his career might get another fight at some point against Kamaru Usman and wants to reload and do the same thing. What's your thought about this, K.O.B., when you drop the con, but you essentially have to go back to it? Where in the press conference afterward, he goes, I don't respect him, he's a cheater, The you know, e, you know CEO of EPO, whatever the hell he said. When it's like, you say these things, but then you immediately have to go back on it in some way. What are your thoughts on that, man? He can't, like, let go of the con completely because he has to own it a little bit. Uh,
1: Yes and no. Because I feel like Chael would do this from time to time, too, where it was like, you know, after the fight, it's the most honest Chael you're going to get. And then later on goes right back into doing Chael things, like just trying to promote fights and stuff like that. I think it's the same thing with Colby to a degree. Everyone knows that Colby is doing an act. Like, it's not real Colby. It's a fake Colby, and even Colby has has acknowledged that in the fact in the past. So the fact that he dropped it for a second after his second five rounder with Kamara Usman, just to talk real quick. I don't think anybody has a problem with that because again, it's the end of the fight. They just you know went to war again. The fact that he's just saying a couple nice things for once, I don't think anyone gets too mad about it. Even if even when he goes back into the con again, with the Connor thing, it's different to me because it's mid fight. It's mid fight, and that was big, right? Yeah. Like, to that point, Conor McGregor was still, you know, not, not that, like, Eddie, we were saying he's the best man on the planet, but, like, the most well-known MMA fighter. Everyone loved Conor. Uh, just the most braggadocious whatever, but backing it up every single time. Like, there was nothing that Conor had said he was going to do that, that he didn't do. And then he gets to that fight, and not only were you stopped, you had that weird moment where you were like, dude, sorry. Like, my bad. I'm man. sorry. Was, I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right? It's Dude, it's just business. It's just business, dude. Like, chill. <laughs> like, you had that moment on top of it. So, it felt like you were dropping, not only, like, you know, the, the fight promotion con, but just, like, almost like you couldn't even convince yourself you're tougher than this guy is anymore. Like, you like you lost the confidence completely.
0: Right. And and, and there are many factors. Colby Covington, love him or hate him, and I don't like his shtick at all. I, I've, I've interviewed him where the con wasn't on. And it's like talking to a different person. Uh, I gotta be honest about that. But, um, the idea that he put on put in whether you love him or hate him an incredible fight an absolutely incredible fight um, against the greatest 170 pounder of his generation which is of course um you know which is of course uh uh kamar Usman greatest 170 pounder of his generation maybe the greatest of all time but what's really true about that is he, went out there and performed. He went out there and really did it. You got to respect that to some degree. And so even when he, you know, in a sense, drops the con, as we put it, you know, he it was after an amazing fight where we put in five incredibly hard rounds. And Conor McGregor did it in the middle of a fight where he was getting his ass kicked and ended up getting finished. Different world different world and Colby Covington has always shown in the the octagon even in losses you know both of them to uh Kamaru Usman first one he got knocked out second one he got lost by decision but man those are both great fights 10 great rounds he has put in the problem I have with Conor McGregor is it seems as though in the last few years he's increasingly relied on his mouth when his performances in the octagon didn't warrant that kind of confidence, what Connor the product Connor was giving us in the ring did not warrant his fists could not che- could not cash the checks his mouth was writing. I don't feel that way about Kobe. As you know, as much as I dislike his shtick, as divisive as it is, I don't like it. Um, I got to say, he's at least shown really uh, top levels. He's the number two welterweight of his era. And came damn close to beating Kamar Usman this second time. Came damn close the first time. So he deserves that. So his ability to, in a sense, reload the con that he's going to have against, you know, uh, you know, He's going to have against Horry Mosfidal, or, you know, people talk about Dustin Poirier coming up to 170, their former teammates, whatever. Number one, I believe he does have genuine, real animosity for Horry Mosfidal. I don't believe that's an act. I truly believe he doesn't like the guy. And remember, they're former teammates. They're former friends. They're all these things, former roommates, where familiarity breeds contempt. He didn't really know Kamaru Usman outside of their fights. So is he reloading the con? Maybe. Or you know, he really generally doesn't like at all Jorge Masvidal. I do believe that one. So we'll see how it continues from this point. He has backed off a little bit on the whole MAGA shtick he used to have. He has backed up, backed off on that a little bit. He's still, you know, an a-hole. But he's backed off on it a little bit. We'll see what continues later Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM podcast network. The executive producer is Michael Russo the associate producer is Kelly Murphy sound design by Nuri Balin Andy King is director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM special thanks to SiriusXM's senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director Marissa Rivas
1: Series XM Podcasts.